Welcome to the Eurostepping Podcast, where we bring the real deal with European basketball. Here for players, how they live as international basketball players. I'm your host, Big Dave, also here with my co-host, Snowman. Al. How you doing? I'm good. How you? Al Snow here. What's going on? Oh, man, we good, man. You know, we got a, we got a real good guest guesser here today. To me, he's the prototypical guy that started from the bottom and now he's here. Mm-hmm. Guy who really put in work a lot of years here in Europe. Mm-hmm. He was a two-time French Leaders Cup winner. Mm. Turkish President Cup MVP. Mm. Three-time Turkish President Cup winner. Mm. Three-time Turkish League All-Star. Mm. Turkish Cup MVP. Yeah. Four-time Turkish Cup winner. Mm. Turkish League Finals MVP. Four-time mm. Turkish League champion. And the best of the best, the man's a Euro League champion. <laughs> Give it up, man, for my man. Young Bobby Dixon, man. Bobby, man, thanks for coming on, man. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, bro. Appreciate that. Man, we're happy that you're here, man. Um, like I told you a little earlier, man, we have this podcast, man, kind of to give flowers to the European players that's, you know, that really put in work and grinded in Europe. I know that mm-hmm. we all, every time we go home, we get a bunch of questions about, you know, how is it in Europe that people don't know about. So, man, right. you know, we want to, you know, get into it, ask, you know, you you know, tell your side of your story in Europe. Right. First of all, I got a question I want to ask you. Okay. Get this one out of the way. EuroLeague champion. Mm. Tell me, man, how was that feeling? I mean, for me, when we first won, I mean, like the, the previous year before we won it, we was in the finals and we was like right there, bro. You know what I mean? That shit really hurt it. To lose that that first uh, finals, my first year in Fenner, because we were so close, and I felt like shit. I would have I would have been MVP of that game too. You see what I'm saying? And that second year when we won it, that was just like a self of like everything I worked for in my life. That was like the peak. You know what I mean? To win that, that was like a a great feeling. Like a, like all that work I put in was worth. Hey, let, let's talk a little bit about that work. We, we started from the championship. Let's kind of back up because that journey had to be crazy, right? Um, oh, man. I don't yeah. think, bro, my journey was crazy as hell. <laughs> let's talk about – well, let's back up before even your pro career. Let's talk about you coming from the JUCO route. Let's, let's get into that. Oh, shit, yeah. So, uh, bro, like I don't really know if people really know my story, but uh, I didn't graduate from high school. I got a GED. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's why like, I got locked. Story. I I got locked up my senior year in high school. Hmm. I did I did nine months. While my was going to school, they say I'm doing nine months in jail. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I I get out. I get my GED while I was in a boot camp. You see what I'm saying? So I get out of jail in February '01. I'm on house arrest for a month until March 01, and then they give me a job at UPS. You see what I'm saying? So I'm working at UPS when I get out of jail for like six months. And it, I'm working an overnight shift, bro, from four in the morning to 10 in the morning. 
Mm. You see what I'm saying? The, the boot camp gave me the job, so I can't just quit. You feel me? So I, I'm, I'm traveling three hours one way to get the work, and then I got to travel three hours back home mm. to get home. So that so was like about six hours. Huh? That was kind of like a work release program? No, nah, it wasn't a work release. It's just like uh, one of the tendencies of the boot camp, like they, UPS was giving uh, inmates jobs when they got out as a way of trying to help them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so they just gave, and I was one of the good good uh, people that was in the boot camp, like one of the good inmates. So they was trying to help people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They was trying to help people. My bad, I was getting the call. Yeah, they was trying to help people, and uh, I just took that job. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Hey, if you don't and mind, then, you don't mind me asking, man, what what made what, what what you do to go in there? I mean, I was hustling, bro. I was I was selling drugs and shit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was hustling, selling drugs and shit. So that uh, yeah, I was selling. Yeah, you were from Chicago, is that right? Yeah, I'm from Chicago, bro. Born and raised. So what part? What part of Chicago? Is I grew that? like I, I was born in the Cabrini Greens. Cabrini, mm-hmm. that's like the north, yeah. little bit west side. That's like the worst housing projects that was in Chicago. Like they don't even exist no more. They tore them down. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, I was I grew up in that since I was ten. Then I moved to Humboldt Park. That's like the west side of Chicago. I moved mm-hmm. there for like a year or two. Then I moved north. Yeah. Man, bro, I'm getting a lot of calls right now. My bad. It's you up, man. We ain't tripping, though. You're getting a lot of business stuff going on, so. So, so you move kind of from hood to hood, and then you kind of get to your second year, and you end up spending time locked up, and, and then you get out, you get in the uh, – they give you a job. Now, how do you how you end up at, at JUCO? So, so um, – you know, I was working out while I was working, though. You see what I'm saying? And I, I end up at the Boys and Girls Club. And the instructor there, you know, he saw me playing. You see what I'm saying? He was like, man, you got a lot of talent, man. You just raw. You just need some structure. What school you go to? I'm like, shit, I don't even go to school, bro. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's like, man, we're going to try to get you into a JUCO program. You see what I'm saying? So this nigga had a big, thick-ass book of JUCO schools. He just started calling schools. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Calling random school. I got this kid. Do y'all really want to see him work out? He's pretty good. Blah blah blah. He called about fifty to hundred schools, bro. Yeah. And then he called uh, Kankakee Community College, which mm-hmm. is like forty five minutes outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. He called them. They they invited me down for a workout. You know, I went down there and played with their players. I don't even think I did that well. Ended the workout. They bring me into the office and they offer me a partial scholarship. You see what I'm saying? They offered me a partial scholarship on a Saturday, and school started that Monday. Ooh. So if I was going to take it, I had to say yeah, I said yeah, go back home, pack up all my shit, and be back down, be back down there Sunday night to start school on Monday. So you did that? Yeah. You went on to do what at Kankakee? Is that my saying Kankakee, right? Kankakee Community College. Yeah. So – uh I did that my first year my first season. I didn't play the first two, three games. We was down 20, like the fourth game of the season, and coach put me in and shit. I had 25 off the bench. I almost came back and won. And then ever since then, shit, I I, I got inserted into that starting lineup and I was balling. Right. So you 
So you killed that. You moved yeah. on Troy. You spent yeah. two years at Troy, killed that. Yeah. And now, now you're looking at still being considered like a smaller guard going into Europe. Right? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Right. So my senior year, I had pretty good numbers. I was like 18, 76. Mm-hmm. You know, coming out of Troy. But uh, like you said, I'm coming from a small school. I ain't do too much winning. You see what I'm saying? Got a few NBA workouts, but still, you know, was it getting considered for them jobs in Europe, them decent jobs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I got an opportunity in the second division in France, and shit just started there. Yeah. How were you looking at that opportunity when it first came? Was it something that you were kind of like – and I'm asking because so many people – especially rookies, they come out of school and they're looking at their first opportunity and they're like, nah, man, I deserve more money or nah, man, I should be. How are you right. looking at an opportunity? How do you feel now looking back at it uh, in terms, in retrospect, that how you made that decision, how you feel like that decision impacted your career? So I just wanted to hoop, bro. You see what I'm saying? So I think when I came out, I got offered like 50. It wasn't even about the money. I'm like, man, I'm finna go over here and destroy these motherfuckers. That was my mentality. Because mm-hmm. I'm always, I always been used to getting the short end of the stick. You see what I'm saying? That's my life. So I ain't tripping. I know once I get over there, I know what I'm going to do. You see what I'm saying? That was my mentality. You mm-hmm. feel me? Then once you get over there and you do what you do, they can't deny you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's how I thought about it. I, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a lot of times, man, Guys, what I've seen in my experience uh, with Europe, guys that come from similar situations to yours are the guys that seem to really thrive in Europe. Guys either come from the biggest university or uh, a little undersized. They have some of that chip on their shoulder. Right. Can, Can you speak to some of that chip on your shoulder and how that's led you to some of the successes that you've had in this thing? I mean, basically, bro, it's like this. You wasn't giving shit. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So everything you gain is a plus. You feel me? So most most hoopers is entitled, bro. They've right. been giving shit their whole life. Because yeah. they tall, they big, they talented. Everybody give them everything they want to do. You should get everything they want. You feel me? So me, that shit never happened for me. Mm. Nobody ain't give me shit. I ain't get no open doors. I had to knock down every door I got. You see what I'm saying? So my mentality is keep my head down and keep working. You feel me? Even the high I go up. You know what I mean? I know how I got here. And I know I ain't entitled to be here. But I'm going to do everything I got to do to stay here. You feel me? So that was always my mentality behind it. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, man. That was that's- what people don't understand, man, I remember my first couple of years, my first job, I was only getting 3000 a month coming to Europe. Right. right. So yeah. when I hear guys who haven't been to Europe saying, man, I can't wait to come to Europe, man. I'm going to get like 10 racks a month, 12 racks a month. I'm like, man, you keep thinking like that, but it ain't as easy as you think it is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think. The thing where they be fucking up at is, bro, like, you unproven over here, bro. They don't give a yeah. fuck about what you did in college. Nothing. None of that shit matter. Mm-hmm. They don't know who you is. Until you do that shit over there, then you get a little leverage. But until then, hell no. Nah. Only how you may get some clout if you coming from that NBA circuit. 
That's mm-hmm. it. But if not, nah, that shit ain't happening. You're gonna have to grind. Like right now, yeah. it's better. It's better from when we started. Because yeah. everybody who came over when we started really started from the bottom. Right. The last place team, like no one was, when I first came over, there was no rookies playing on Euro Cup teams or Euro League teams oh. or whatever. Everybody was on the lower level, lower level team, second division or lower level first division team. Exactly. But exactly. Now, but now they're making it a little sweeter for the players where, you know, they're giving them chances uh, at at least a Euro Cup or Champions League or middle. Even of- even even them Euro Cup teams, bro, they don't just take rookies. No. You got to be you got to be like somebody with clout, like, you know what I mean? Coming from that almost was in the league type of way. Right. You feel me? Right. That's only how they'll take you. Right. Besides that, hell no. So we know you've been in a, uh, a lot of countries, man. I know you spent most of your time in Turkey. You also yeah. played time in France and in Italy. Yeah. Your first time coming to Europe, were you nervous? Were you scared? You didn't, I oh, know you didn't know what to expect, but what, what, tell me about bro. your first experience. Tell me about what bro, you were my first, I ain't, I ain't even gonna lie, bro. My first time coming over there, that shit was, it was a super cultural shock. I was nervous and anxious. You see what I'm saying? Like, damn, I don't know what to expect. You know what I mean? Them first two weeks was the hardest two weeks. You know what I mean? Because I was like, man, I don't think I can do this shit, you know? So so tell, tell, let, let us know what really fucked with you in them first two weeks. Like it was it was the language barrier, bro, and you being by yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? You by yourself and the language barrier, you ain't really got no friends. I started in the second division in France, and this is just only me. In another American, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, he was a square. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't really fuck with him, so I'm hey, by myself. On <laughs> uh, uh, this podcast, we name names and all of that. <laughs> was, yeah, it was this dude named Aaron Coons, big tall, six ten white boy, weak as hell. <laughs> square, bro. Square. Good thing I had my guy George Phillips though. He was uh he was American too. He was from close to me. He was from uh, Maywood, so he was he was playing as a French player though. So that was blessed. Yeah. Yeah. bro. So um, obviously I know probably most likely your favorite country that you've been to so far is Turkey since you've been in Turkey the longest, right? Yeah. So what people don't know is, well, a lot of, where the ones who play do is, like myself, you have a Turkish, you have Turkish citizenship. Right. So, won't you you tell us about that process? Because I think your process was a little different than mine because they wanted you to play on a national team. Yeah, so uh, in 2005, I mean, 2015, uh, you know, I, I was playing in Karsheka. You see what I'm saying? Three successful seasons in Karsheka. My coach, me and him had a relationship, and he was the assistant coach for the national team, the men's ma- national team, and they needed a point guard. And I had just fucking destroyed the league. And they uh, they asked me, did I want to play? I was like, hell yeah, I want to play. And shit, that's how I got my passport. See, cause I, me, the way I got, the way we got ours, uh, man, it was like four or five of us who all got a passport all at one time. 
Mm-hmm. But we got ours just because we played in Turkey for so long. Right. So we all had coaches that really that really fucked with us. So we was like, okay, we can get our passport. So it was me, Michael Wright, Preston Sean, right. Emir Prezic, and one more person. I'm free. Ah, dude at Bambit. He played at Bambit. The guard, ball-headed guy, dark-skinned cat. Keith Simmons. Keith Simmons. Keith Simmons. We all got our passport the same year, right? But after we got ours, the Turkish players, a couple of Turkish players got upset with us. Not at us, but at the situation. Right. Because they was, you know, they said, you know, we're taking jobs away from them. Right. You know, but, you know, it is what it is. So they changed the rule after we all got ours. So you were the first one after us to get that passport. Right. And that's because they wanted you to play on that national team. Right. Which I thought was dope. You know what I mean? I don't think Turkey ever had an American playing on their national team, to be honest. Right. I, was the first, I was probably the first one. How, how, how was that national team experience? I mean, me, bro, I, it was a blessing, bro. Like, I, I, it was a great experience for me because when a, when a country wants you to play for their national team. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like a super high honor. You feel me? Right. The country adopts you. Okay, you American, but you ain't playing for American national team. And a country like you want to play for our national team. That's like huge, bro. Like and, and me? Little old Bobby. You know right. what I mean? Coming from nothing. Right. Come on, bro. Tell me how that shit happened. Right. You had to put in a lot of work to get that shit, bro. You earned it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Y'all the work it cost Chuck at that time, man. Y'all actually won yeah. a championship that year. That was big. Yeah, bro. Big. We beat, we, yeah, we fucked everybody up that year. Talking yeah. to, talk to me a little bit about Karsheka, because I, I played in Karsheka long before you. Um, so I, I'm familiar with how crazy those fans are. Can you uh-huh. talk to me a little bit about your experience with some of those fans out there in Karsheka and just living out there and playing out there and your time out there? Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, Karsheka, bro, that was like, that was dope. Like, the fans there, bro, they showed me an unbelievable amount of love. Like, that shit was crazy. Like, these people was, like, super depressed when I decided to leave. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, damn, it's just basketball. But they was looking at it like a whole other different type of way. You feel me? Yeah. But besides that, bro, I have nothing but good things to say about Izmir. That The city was dope right off the water. You know what I mean? You know, they treated me great. So it was it was a lovely three years, bro. We had a lot of success. We won a championship. We won a French Cup. I mean, the Turkish Cup, and we won a President's Cup. Right. Little Karsheka, they ain't never won no shit like that before. No. And I was able to help get them that. So it was all love. What you know about that cough, cough, cough? C C C. Cough, 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 cough. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah, man. All of that. Hey, what people don't understand, like, these fans over in Europe live for their teams. Like, they die oh, yeah. for their teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They living and dying with that playing, shit. Playing that, man, they, if they love you, you love forever. Even yeah. when you leave the team, you love forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they need, to, they need to retire my jersey in that joint. <laughs> for real. <laughs> they probably will. You earned it. For real, bro. They ain't never got no championship before, bro. And I hell gave them one. Got the MVP shit. They should do that. 
Una sí. regla más. We talked a little bit about the, some of the early stages in your career, but we didn't talk about how you went to Poland, you went to uh, Ukraine. You kind of slid through a bunch of like me, intermediate level leagues and, and then kind of boom, you hit the scene. And you mm -hmm. just tell me a little bit about your time in those spots and how what you had to, the kind of work you had to put in to get to where you are. Oh, man. Like, when I left uh, France, my first season, my second season was in Poland. I think you was in Poland at that time too, right? You think? You was, right? You was with uh, that blue team. What was that team called? I forget it. Uh, Kovica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was in Kovica at that time. Yeah, that's when I played against you then. Uh, I mean, Poland was cool. It wasn't nothing spectacular. I was in a super small town, bro. Uh, it, was, it wasn't nothing special, bro, but you know, I was just there to hoop, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was just there trying to get, you know what I mean, get it in, get in where I fit in. That's who wanted me, so I was there. So yeah. and then I think the following year, I started in uh, Ukraine. I played in Ukraine a month. Mm -hmm. And shit, I had got a call about Italy. They wanted me in Benetton. I got up out of there and went over to Italy. So, you know, I was just looking for the best opportunity for to be seen and to move up. You see what I'm saying? And I, and when I was provided those opportunities, I was just trying to make sure I made the most of it, bro. Right. Dave has a Dave has a favorite question he likes to ask to anybody on that comes on the podcast. Yeah, man. I ask everybody to come on the cast, man. Like we've all played in Europe over the years, man. A lot of people don't understand the uh, the type of players that come over to Europe. Like everybody, if you come over here, you you can play pretty much. You know what I mean? There's not too many. There are some scrubs, but we know it ain't a lot of. Right. So was there anybody while playing in Europe, no matter what country you was in, just one person who just gave you work that game? Like, get kill me? Yeah. Kill me? Uh, kill me. No, I wouldn't say a motherfucker that just killed me. No, but a motherfucker who I went at it with, who's that? But not who's kill that? me. Ain't nobody just destroy me. Hell no, that wasn't going down. I don't give a fuck who you are. Uh, no, nah, bro, ain't no motherfucker just kill me. I went at it with a lot of people, but you, ain't nobody. Who's the, who's the first name to pop your head that you went at it with? That it was a battle. Uh, first person was probably uh. This dude, uh, what's the fuck his name? He, uh, damn. He played in Poland that year, Alvin. Uh, what was his name? Uh, shit, he played for, uh, war. damn. Gerald Henderson. Henderson. What was what his name? Henderson. Why does this nigga got a magazine up? Yeah, he was, he was kind of, he was kind of a big guard. He was probably about like 6'2. He was a big guard. And he could play a little bit, and he was talking shit. And he was scoring. But then he, and then I got into my bag, and I started giving his ass some, a whole lot of buckets that year. That was the first dude my second year that I can remember. I you remember know, uh, I played against him, too. Yeah, he was tough. Going at him. Yeah. So the yeah. countries you've been, in, you've been in, man, do you have any wild stories, man? What was the wildest situation or story? 
that you have. I know we all have them. I got a million of them. I know Snow got a million. I know you got at least one good one. As far as like, what you mean? Like far as basketball or? On the court, off the court. <laughs> so, oh shit, so look. Yeah. One second, uh, <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is a crazy, this is some crazy shit. You sure you wanna hear this? <laughs> yeah, that's what we you here for. <laughs> that's why we here. So my second year when I was in Poland, bro, mm-hmm. I had uh, this dude on my team called named Eric Hicks. Big fella. Yeah. Yeah. This motherfucker was a looney tune, bro. So we had get a we had got a new player named Mario Bogans. And I guess them two know each other. You see what I'm saying? Them two knew each other from back home, I guess, somewhere in North Carolina, I guess. And uh, after the game, we had one, and we was, they wanted to go out. But me, being who I was, I ain't really fuck with Eric because I don't like I can't fake when I don't really like him. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't know how to do that. So they asked me to go. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't going, man. I don't, you know what I mean? I ain't fuck with buddy because he kind of dude was kind of a little off. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So they went out. I guess him, Mario Bogans, Eric Hicks, and uh, Dion Harris. Yep. So they yeah. went out, and then they went back up to Eric crib to drink. Bro, these dudes was drinking all night, bro, because he lived, like, right above my crib on the other side. Bro, these dudes was drinking all night, bro. I wake up at, like, 7 in the morning, look up, his window wide open, and you just hear shit breaking and glasses and shit breaking and shit. Mm-hmm. Polish people outside looking up, like, what's going on up there? So I go around the corner. And I go up to his his crib, his door like cracked. I go in there. These two dudes was in there fighting, bro. These dudes was in there fighting all night. It seemed like two big ass dudes, bro. It's blood everywhere, bro. Bro, it's blood everywhere. This dude, Eric, his shirt off, Mario shirt off, his pants kind of down. His he got on shorts. So I don't know what the fuck was going on up in there. Probably some homo type shit. <laughs> I come up in there, bro. I knocked the dude up off of him. Eric Hicks, he this dude, he choking him out, bro. I mean, it's blood everywhere, bro. He had a big ass cut in his hand. This dude Mario Bogus with a butcher knife. He grabbed the knife. I guess he was trying to stab him or some shit. He grabbed a knife, bro. I knock him up off of him. He get up. I take dude down to my crib. This dude, Eric, eyes is like. <laughs> Dude, this was the craziest shit I ever seen in my life. I'm like, bro, what the <clears throat> what the fuck happened? Why was y'all fighting for, bro? He was like, man. <laughs> he was like, the dude went crazy, bro. I don't know what happened, bro. I'm like, dude, what the fuck was y'all fighting for? What the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? But long story short, bro, I think them niggas was on some homo shit. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I'm like, man, what the fuck going on here? Because his shirt was off, his shirt off. His pants, he got on some shorts and he got on jeans and some shit. I'm like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> fuck y'all niggas in here with y'all shirt off of. <laughs> Homo shit, bro. Had to be. <laughs> it's crazy shit, bro. <laughs> Hey man, I, well, people don't understand, man. Everybody, just because you got Americans on your team, that don't mean that they all cool. Oh, yeah, hell no. 
Time out, Dave. Time out, Bob. We got to talk about this. We got to bring this back. I want to dive deeper into that story, but I'm going to leave that alone because that's, that's wild. That's too wild for me. I got to just steer clear of that. But that's I, how I felt about it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do want to go back to this right here. Oh, yeah. That's Poland, right? That's Poland. Yeah. Oh, that was you right there. Yeah. That was yeah. me. Yeah, I remember. What you remember? <laughs> what you remember? Nah, you was hooping that year, though. You was playing. You was hooping, bro. No, that was actually. So my, my mom found this. And uh, for my birthday, she gave me this magazine. And it talks a little bit about me scoring 38 on one particular night. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but this was a home game for you guys in a road mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying you took all the buckets. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember you giving me no motherfucking 38, nigga. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. This, this is not a fabrication. <laughs> no. I, you you probably was hooping, bro. You wouldn't know you wouldn't know scrub by no means. But I don't remember you giving me no goddamn 38. <laughs> you probably was hooping. You probably was. It say, if it say that, but shit, you ain't giving me no whole motherfucking 38. <laughs> Not the 38 piece biscuit. What's the biscuit? <laughs> hey, did y'all win? Did y'all beat us? Not that game. We beat you the second time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. Y'all beat us, but I definitely. Definitely, definitely gave y'all something. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> Take that L, though, nigga. <laughs> we took that That's Y'all got us, Bobby. So, uh, we talked a little bit about all the places you played. Uh, a lot of the things you've done, you tell me, because uh, there's a lot of guys coming up behind you. You're kind of a, a vet now. It's not a kind of. You are a solidified, bona fide vet in this thing at this point. There's right. a lot of guys coming up behind you, man. Tell me, can you speak a little bit about some of the leadership qualities you've developed over time that have helped you sustain yourself at the level that you've managed to get to? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, like – you know, as you as you do anything, bro, like as you do it for a long enough time, you, you develop and gain that experience. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you learn certain things and whatever craft it is that you're doing, like with basketball, I mean, you learn early, you know what I mean, the game. And then as you continue to play, as you continue to grow as a player, you, you learn what you should be doing, how you should be doing it. You know what I mean? You learn how to really – treat the game with respect, you know what I mean? How to really appreciate your teammates, your coaches, and all of that. So me, you know what I mean, always keeping in mind where I come from, I always try to, you know what I mean, try and teach, teach like the young guys that are coming up behind me, you know what I mean, be integral, you know what I mean, show character, you know what I mean, be professional, you know what I mean? 
because that goes a long way besides what you do on the court. Right. You can be a you can be a killer on the court, but if you a shitty ass person and don't nobody like you, ain't nobody gonna really fuck with you. You see what I'm saying? Right. So all of all of that matters. You see what I'm saying? So me being a vet, I always try to teach the young fellas like, man, this this is the way you should be doing this. This is the way you should be doing that. I solicited advice if it's warranted. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to tell them what to do. But if you ask me and you, you know what I mean, I'm going to give you all the game you need. You see what I'm saying? But I ain't finna tell you and direct you like I'm your daddy to do nothing. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's right. just how I always been. We all grown men at the end of the day. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? No. So, but if you need some help, I'm always one of them dudes that are always willing to help you. If you're if you're a stand up dude, but if you're a shitty motherfucker, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, got a, I got a young dude, Isaiah Umapeg, man, who's really been. Uh, oh, that's my young boy. Yeah, he's been really appreciative of a lot of the advice and just you being willing to just be real with him throughout all of it. Man. So I just I wanted to tell you thank you for that, man, because. A lot of times, man, we don't get, uh, you know, pe- people don't necessarily give us our flowers or say thank you or whatever the case. And I just wanted to tell you myself, I appreciate yeah. what you've done for that young man. So, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's my young boy. I-, I don't know if he told you. I met him in a club, like, randomly. And, you know, I, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, I just started rocking with him. You see what I'm saying? Because the young boy, he out here, he's trying to find his way. I'm going to help him find his way. You know what I mean? Any way I can. If I can help you, I'm going to help you. That's just how I am. You know what I mean? Especially if I found out you're a good dude. You know what I mean? That's just how I like rocking with it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bob, I want to ask you a question, man. Uh, when I was playing, man, I seen a lot of crazy stuff while on the court in these different countries I've never experienced or seen in America. Like, for mm-hmm. example, when I played in, in uh, Croatia, I remember one of my teammates getting spat on by a fan. Mm. <laughs> I've seen fireworks going off inside the gym. Right. And what 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 is something that you've seen over here? Because the fans are so crazy, they're so much of a fanatic, you never know what might happen. I know in Turkey, like they even fight, they fight in the stands and you get suspended, you can't have no fans the next game. So right. What what what's what are the craziest things you ever seen? You know during the game. Uh, um, so the same shit you saying. Like mostly, they letting off them M eighties in the gym, the loud ass explosions. Yeah. Uh, fans spitting. You know, I remember fans spitting on coach. Mm. Fucking, uh, coach throwing tissue. Throwing, yeah, we play gala when we play gala. That's all right in gala. Yeah. Like a couple years back, yeah, they spat on. Them. Uh, yeah. It's a picture out there. Yeah. It's a picture of what was spit hanging off his chin on his motherfucking face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah, man. All of that crazy stuff. Yeah, man. They like I said, man, they just so passionate. I don't got that much yeah. passion. Nah, man. I mean I don't if it ain't my kids, I ain't never going that hard for nothing like that, you know. Right. How, how right. Or something like that. And how would you suggest some of these dudes do? <laughs> I mean, if a motherfucker spit on me, bro, it's going up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I'll deal with the consequence later, man. I'm fucking dude up. 
<laughs> you spit on me, nigga. That's the ultimate sign of disrespect, bro. Yeah, it is. You don't don't slap me or spit on me, my nigga. Yeah. Punch me, bro. Don't slap me. You respect me yeah. enough to punch me. <laughs> yeah, nigga. You slap me, nigga. <laughs> Fucking your ass up, bro. <laughs> Hey, here's one other thing. I was watching a video that circulated. It kind of went viral. Um, you guys were in a huddle, and Coach was just cussing y'all out like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a whole conversation around um, what people thought, if this was okay, if it wasn't, if it, like, what, what was your perspective? Because what I saw was the whole team sitting there just listening, not, yeah. not really reacting to how coach was a little maybe over the top in some eyes, some people's eyes. What's your perspective on that? And why, why are you someone who's able to just sit there and deal with it? I mean, like, I know him. Mm -hmm. He's not no horrible person. You see what I'm saying? Like, he's a good dude, but he's passionate about basketball. And when he's, when he's cursing and shit, he rarely curses. But when he's screaming, it be for a reason. You know what I mean? Like sometimes he, most of the times he be right. So me being a, a stand up dude, when somebody right, and even if I'm on bullshit, I can't fight the truth, bro. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I always took it as, damn, he right. If you fucking up and he got to get on your head, he right. You got to look in the mirror. So that's how I take shit. I don't take it personal. He never get personal. It'd be about basketball. You see what I'm saying? So if it's always about basketball, cool. But if it get personal, you start talking personally about somebody, then it's a motherfucking problem. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. But it's basketball, bro. You got to respect it. Because his job is the same as our job. He don't perform nothing. Same shit happened to him, happened to us. You right. feel me? Right. So. Hey, and that's what it takes when you want to win, though. When it's, a, when it's a level of excellence, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be on your ass. No, but speak on that, like, cause that you've been an example of excellence in your profession. So speak on that, like, being pushed and pushing people to perform at a at, at a high standard, night in and night out. Speak on what that takes. Speak on what goes into that. Speak. Bro, it, it, it's a it's a lot that come into that, like. When you got a level of excellency is required of you, it's like shit got to be done the right way. You see what I'm saying? You got to practice the right way. You got to eat the right way. You got to watch. You got to watch the video this long. You got to motherfucking uh, practice on your own this way. You know what I mean? You got to know all the plays. We got 120 plays. You see what I'm saying? So all of this shit got to click in order for that level of excellence to be where it should be. You see what I'm saying? So when that happens, that's how you win championships. That's how you get bumping salary. That's how other players go over here and be leaders of teams. You see what I'm saying? That's how organizations and teams become prestigious. You see what I'm saying? So all of that shit comes into play when people are trying to be, you know what I mean, excellent, bro. Hey, Bobby, keep it a buck. You said y'all had 120, 120 plays. Hell yeah, so many plays, bro. With so many options to each play. How many? Ish. How many of how many of your teammates wasn't smart enough to uh you know? Those of course, players? people. Of course, you had some. <laughs> of course, you had a lot of dumb motherfuckers. That's, that's that's normal, you know. Not dumb, but like attention span don't be that long, and you know, 
see, basketball is is different, bro. Like you gotta know how to play, what play, like you know what I mean. You gotta know to play. Then you gotta know where you gotta be. Then you gotta make, you gotta concentrate to make the shot. You gotta run your ass back down on defense. And this is all at a, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. a, a second level. You see what I'm saying? And high speed. So people have mental lapses. That's just a normal thing, you know. So it comes with the game. You gotta adjust. What about you being a point guard and a leader? Do you have the luxury of being one of those guys who has? Hell no. I can't come down and not know the play. I don't know the play. My ass coming out of the game. I got to know where that motherfucker's supposed to be at. Shit, and I ain't no motherfucking Harvard scholar. (laughs) But I'm smart enough to know I got to do what I got to do to be on that motherfucking court, though. You feel me? Right. Yeah, so you'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm ready. If you smart, if you dumb, you won't even be there. I've seen so in my time, man, I've seen so many dudes get cut. How many how many times? I don't I don't want to say how many times have you seen guys get cut because I'm sure it's too many to count. But how often do you see guys get cut for things that aren't necessarily their ability, their athletic, like their physical or athletic ability? See, on this level, on a EuroLeague level, you rarely see that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, yeah, that's that go to ADD, uh, mental lapse. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so I was asking. <laughs> So I was asking, what uh, at the professional level, so many guys get cut. Oh, get cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't see uh, you don't like on the early level. I don't, I don't remember a lot of dudes getting cut like on our team. Like, coach don't believe in cutting people. He ain't cut too many people. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, we normally stick it out with him, and probably he probably won't bring him back the following year. Mm-hmm. But as far as being cut, not on, not too much on that level. But on the lower levels, yeah, I seen motherfuckers get switched out. My first season, I seen five motherfuckers get switched out. It's a revolving same position. When I was in Saint-Étienne in my first year in the uh, second division in France, I was the point guard, and it was like four bigs in practice, and all the motherfuckers on chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's how cutthroat it can be until you kind of work your way through it. You get yeah. five little finish. Hell yeah. It was good to hear you say that. Dave, you had a question? Nah, man, you know, I know we pretty much, you know, asked him everything about basketball, man. Is there anything you're doing outside of basketball, any other business ventures you got going? Oh, yeah, man. I I got a lot of sh- too much shit going on. That's why my phone blowing up. But um, shit, I, right now I got 35 rental properties that I got. My fucking... Uh, I just started this uh, pressure washing business that I like. It's like a mobile car wash that I just started. Yeah. Uh, fucking. Uh, I got this. Uh, this community. This. This. This league community thing that's going on with black people in the U.S. Where they, when this pandemic happened, where they pulling their resources together, finding a way the black dollar circulate throughout our community and shit, mm-hmm. instead of letting it go outside our community. So, we got some dope shit going on with that, like with small investment stuff like that. So. I, I got a lot too much shit going on actually. Let me slow down. That was 
people calling me, pulling me every which way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm mainly in the real estate though, so you know, I'm building that up. Like, so when I'm done hooping, I ain't gotta do shit. Like right now, I ain't really gotta hoop if I don't want to, but I still love the game. Right, right, right. How many more years you think you got? This this last con this my last year on the contract, man. I, I probably want to quit after that, but you never know, man. I ain't trying to hoop for too much longer. Like I want to be home with my girls and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this yeah. is a question I want to ask. You have the luxury of knowing, you know, you've been under contract with the same team for a number of years, mm-hmm. which is very uh, easy on the mind. Because yeah. a lot of people don't understand, we've all, everyone's been in a situation where you're sitting through the summer where you don't know where your next job going to come from. Right. You mind speaking on that a little bit? Oh man, that shit is uh that brings anxiety, bro. Yeah. Especially when you don't know what to expect, where you're going. You know, that that keeps the mind up at night. You feel me? <laughs> so me me knowing where I'm going, that's always a blessing and I'm always grateful for that, you know what I'm saying? So you know, people who don't know where they're going, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's important to find out quick. It's stressful. You looking at your yeah, yeah. going out with nothing coming in, it's Yeah. And yeah, you don't know when the next check coming. That's what I'm saying. That's why you got to look at basketball as a tool, bro. That's all it is. It's a tool because we can't hoop forever. You feel me? Right. So you got to use basketball. Don't let it lose you because if you if you leave basketball, bro, and you ain't got no other shit going on as far as income-wise, then you got played. You feel me? Right. You done spent up all your money all these years and you was out partying and doing dumb shit with your money. You feel me? Thinking it's finna come forever, and it's not. So if you ain't doing the right shit with your bread, bro, you tripping. Then you're going to find yourself having to go out here and get in this workforce and happen to go to work, having to do shit. Right. My biggest fear is I don't want to have to do shit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I do it if I want to, but I ain't got to do shit. That's That's been always my mentality with this basketball. So, Yeah. Oh, man. We appreciate, man, you coming on, man, and, you know, giving us your insight, your experiences of Europe, man. Uh, man, why don't you uh, tell people, man, how can they reach you, man? What's your, what's your handle on social media? Uh, yeah, man, I'm, a, uh, I'm on Instagram. I am Bobby Dixon 13 uh, I'm on Facebook as well, Bobby Red Rob Dixon. I'm on Twitter, Bobby Dixon 20 so... I'm, I'm accessible. I'm everywhere, baby. I'm in these streets. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Euro Stepping Podcast. Follow us on everything YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Euro Stepping Podcast. No G. We got all the game. <laughs>